Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus, of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days, still in the same place where he was. Then, after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto him, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples unto him, Lord, if he sleep, he, sh he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. Then Jesus saith unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I have, was not there, to the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with them. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh to Jerusalem, about fifteen furlongs off, about two miles. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was come, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. I know that even now whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, he will give it thee. Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. I know that, that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus saith unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Yea, Lord. I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master has come and calleth for thee. 
As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came into him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house, and comforted her when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was, and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, Where have ye laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused even this man not to not have died? Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. And Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee for that thou hast heard me. And I know that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus! Come forth! And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot, and bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto him, Loose him, and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. Lord in heaven, I pray that as we look at this chapter this morning, that you would guide our study, that you would open our eyes, and that you would work in our hearts this morning. Lord, I pray that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we look at this chapter, uh, it's not my intent to work through it chronologically, piece by piece. Um, I'm really trying to take a few key messages, that, the meditations that I glean from this, and, and put them in an order that I think is, as it is applicable to you and I. So we're going to focus on three central points today. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, walk in the light, and trust God. First, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to look at Martha uh, in verse 20 or verse 20 through 25. We see Martha come to Jesus. Lord, if thou hadst been here, 
my brother had not died. I'm not looking to dive deep into Martha's um, character, but I'd like to glean a couple observations quickly from this section. First, we see that there's this special relationship over, over all this passage between Martha, her siblings, and, and the Lord Christ. We see that explicitly said in verse 5. It says, And now Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. It's interesting, sort of on a side note, going back to verse 3, that when the messenger came to Jesus, they said, Lord, him whom thou lovest is sick. It's interesting the, the emphasis on God's love for Lazarus, on Christ's love for Lazarus. They didn't come to him and say, Lord, him who loves thee much is sick. Him whom thou lovest is sick. Herein is love not that we loved God, but that God loved us. There's nothing incredible that we in our sinful selves would of course love the God who saved us, who gave himself for us. The incredible thing here is that God in his holiness, in his perfection, that God, the creator of the universe, loved us. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us. That is the great love. Second, we see that Martha does not doubt God's power to heal. She comes to him and she says, Lord, if you were here, you could have healed my brother. She goes on and she says, but I know that even still, even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to thee. And this is a little bit different because later on in, in the chapter, we see the people and they sort of doubt. They sort of look at this situation and they see, they see what's happening and they wonder and they say, could not he have healed him? Uh, I, think, I think here Martha makes it very clear that she has faith that God could have healed him and she still has faith that God can heal. Lastly and more importantly, Martha truly believes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, look with me at verse 25. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. My friend, if you're here this morning and you haven't put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you are dead in sin. The Bible describes that as spiritual death. You're dead. And Jesus is telling her here that I am the resurrection because Jesus is saying, I can bring you from that spiritual death to spiritual life and give you eternal life. We see that Martha confesses with her mouth that she believes. She saith back to him when he asks her, Believest thou this? She saith to him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Jesus affirms that that was heartfelt later. Because later when Lazarus, is, he's about to call Lazarus out of the tomb, he's about to do the miracle, he looks at her and says, remember, remember I said that if thou wouldst believe, thou wouldst see the glory of God? He accepted her belief. 
It was that simple for Martha. I love the simplicity of this, that it shows that our, our death to sin and God just puts it out there that I am the resurrection. I can bring you to life. Believest thou this? And she says, yea, Lord, I believe. And that's it. It wasn't complicated. This is, this is to me just such a clear representation of the gospel. It's that simple. Jesus says, believe in me. She believes and God accepts that and shows her the glory of God in this passage. This is paramount right here because if you don't understand this, really the rest of our hour here, what we're talking about, really is not going to be extremely applicable to you necessarily. God says to Martha and he says to all of us, Believest thou on me? Number one, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, walk in the light. Let's look at verse 9 and 10. We're skipping back a little bit. So now they've, they've come to Jesus and they've told him that Lazarus was sick. Well, if you rewind to the chapter before this, what just happened is Jesus was out in Jerusalem land and they decided they were going to stone Jesus. And they were about to do it. And Jesus just sort of gave them the slip. Sort of a, looks like a miracle. He may have just sort of disappeared. And now they've left Jerusalem. Well, well, this town they're going to, it's not Jerusalem per se, but it's right outside. And it, and it says later that people came from Jerusalem to comfort Mary and Martha. So it's practically Jerusalem. And when this comes up of going to, to Jerusalem, Jesus just doesn't go to, for, for two days. And I think the disciples probably, they probably thought, this, this is good. This makes sense. He's a smart man. They just tried to stone us. No, we're not going to go back there. You know, Jesus could probably, could probably just heal him. Maybe he healed him um, remotely. He's done that before, right? We don't need to go back. We don't need to go back there. Well, two days later, Jesus says, let's go to Jerusalem. And the, the, the disciples are... Lord, they tried to stone you. And Jesus says something very interesting. He says, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. Physically, I think this makes just a lot of sense, right? Micaiah, have you ever tried to walk in the dark before? No, Never? Not even in the middle of the night when you're trying to get up, go through the hallway, get a drink of water or something. Yeah, all right. Is it harder to walk in the dark than it is to walk when the lights are on? Yeah. And I think when it says dark here, it's talking about really dark. I was in a cave once. It was a mammoth cave. And I'll never forget it. It was years and years ago. And I remember, like, down in the cave, they have lights and such. And at some point down in this cave, mammoth cave is huge. And it's, you know, way down below us somewhere. And, um, and, and they just were all sitting there in this, this, this big cavern. And they turn off all the lights in the cave. And there is no moonlight. There is no shadows from, you know, the light on in the bathroom. It was just black. And then they told us, hold your hand up in front of your face. I don't know if you ever tried this, but if you lay in bed at night and you hold your hand up in front of your face, you can probably see it. But you could hold your hand up in front of your face and it was just black. You couldn't see anything. And Jesus is saying, if you walk in the darkness, you're going to stumble. But if you walk when there's lights, you won't. 
Well, that's really simple, but what's that have anything to do with going to Jerusalem? Because, well, of course, we're going to go there in the daytime, right? No, Jesus is comparing this to our spiritual lives. This, this concept of walking in the light is something we see all the way through Scripture. I propose to you that when Jesus says walking in the light here, he's referring to walking in the will of God. He's saying when you're walking in the light, when you're walking with God, when you're in God's will, there's nothing to worry about. But if you're walking in darkness, you could stumble. Psalm 119, 130, the entrance of thy words giveth light, giveth understanding unto the simple. 1 John 1, 7, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. That's not talking about the fellowship between you and me. It's not talking about us, us being able to talk to each other and have good times together. It's saying if we walk with God, we have fellowship with God. We're not going to go off on a rabbit trail about, about what it means to live in the Spirit, uh, but that's, that's what we're getting at ultimately here. We could go off in a whole direction here. But it's possible to be a Christian and maybe not be in the will of God all the time, maybe not be walking with God. And that's what Jesus, I think, is talking about here. He's saying not only walking with God and believing in him, but as a Christian, being in tune with God, walking with God, in fellowship with God on a daily basis as we make decisions. Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? This relates directly back to what Jesus is saying. The disciples are saying, Lord, they're going to stone you. You know what it means to stone someone? It means they put them on the ground. Sometimes they'd pin them down with a big rock, and they would just hurl rocks at him until he was, until he was dead. Right? And they did this to people, and they were going to do it to Jesus. And they came very, very close to it. This verse here says, If you walk in the light, the Lord's my light. Whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is my strength of my life. Imagine for a moment that a man spends decades of his life creating a masterpiece. Early on, he stays up late and sometimes all night working on this very special piece of handiwork. As the years go on, he continues to invest much hard-earned time and money into this precious jewel. He has spent decades shaping and molding her, and one year ago today, I got the nerve to call him up and ask if I could have her. I bring this up because it was one year ago today, and um, for me, this is a testimony of what this passage is talking about, because I look back on that time in my life, and it was a specific time when I, when I felt, felt that I was, was, was right with God. Now, hopefully, that's all the time, but each of us could probably look at our Christian life, and you're going to see ups and downs, Right? And, and I remember that time when, when I started praying about Anna that I just felt this complete peace about it. I felt that I was walking with God. I felt that God was leading me here. I, thought, I felt that, 
the, the, the spiritual leaders in my life were, were, were guiding me in that same direction. Everything lined up. I felt that I was walking in the light. And um, it took a little bit of courage to do that. Not that her dad's a scary guy or anything, but uh, I, I remember that, that I went to a park and I was like pacing around for a half an hour and trying to find his phone number because I didn't have it. And um, eventually, eventually made the call. Um, but I think that's so applicable to what it's talking about here because God says, walk in the light and you'll be safe. But if you're walking in darkness, you could stumble. That's dangerous enough day by day, but if you're making a big decision in life, about something like that, and you're not walking with God, you could stumble. That could be really, really bad. Jesus says, walk in the light. If a man walk in the night, he stumbleth because there is no light in him. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Walk in the light. Lastly, trust in God. I want to go to verse 21. John 11, verse 21. Jesus is coming towards the place where Lazarus and his sisters are. And as he is, Martha hears he's coming. And Martha comes out to him. I'm sure, I'm sure grieving. I'm sure probably pretty confused. Maybe a little disoriented. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. I said before that I took this as a, as a mark of, of belief from Martha because she has belief that if he'd been there, he, he could have done it. And she goes on and she says, but I know that even now whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. So she has belief here, like I said before. She doesn't doubt him. She believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. She loves him. But I don't think she quite understands what God's doing. And she comes to him and she says, Lord, if, if thou hadst been here, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. It's interesting that Mary wasn't there, but fast forward 11 verses, the Verse 32, Mary, who says much less, I think we, she strikes me as a little bit of a quieter person, whereas Martha comes to Jesus and, and, and gives, tries to give Jesus confidence that she still believes in him, she doesn't doubt him, all of these things, Mary just comes and falls at his feet, undoubtedly overwhelmed in grief. Verse 32, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. 
this really, this is, my, this is my favorite part of the passage in many ways because it speaks to me in a lot of ways because I think that if you're a Christian here, if you've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and you're walking in the light, everything's great, right? And then something terrible happens. Something completely unexpected. A world which felt so right suddenly shakes you to the core. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you lost a loved one. Sometimes we don't understand God. Lord, why did you make me this way? Lord, why did you, you put me in this family or this place or this difficulty? Lord, why couldn't you have made me like that or given me, or given me that skill over there? Lord, why have you given me this sickness, this thorn in the flesh? I don't know what it is in your life, but I know you've had similar questions. We've all had those moments in our life where either great tragedy strikes us or, or maybe there's something that's not necessarily new, but just something about where God's put us that we don't understand. And maybe we, we just cry out to God and say, Lord, if, 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 if only it had been the way that I, I thought it was going to be. Hopefully you don't question your belief. Hopefully you don't walk outside the light. I, I, I think Martha clearly still believed. She still had faith in God. But she was, she was really confused. Look with me at chapter 4, or chapter 11, verse 4. We're rewinding all the way back, right at the beginning of this. They come to Jesus. They lay out the subject of this story. They say, Lord, he whom thou lovest is sick. And Jesus says, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. I think we could say that of a lot of things. I was thinking back through Scripture, we see Joseph. And Joseph is violently taken away from his family. He's stolen into slavery. And someone who, who I, I think as, as, we, as we learn about Joseph, we get the idea very much so that Joseph was in tune with God. And all of a sudden, he's thrown into a pit, sold into slavery, and his life has forever changed just like that. He kind of gets back to equilibrium, right? He gets to Egypt. He serves God. He's faithful in the face of that, even though he probably doesn't understand. And he's faithful in the house of Potiphar. Here again, Joseph is ripped from his high position in Potiphar's house and thrown into prison for running from an adulteress. He does the right thing, and he's torn away from everything that he's, he's worked so hard for, that he's shown himself diligent. And if I was Joseph, I'm probably sitting there at that point going again, Lord, why? Like, maybe he'd, he'd come to grips a little bit with, with the fact that he'd been, he'd been torn off from his homeland, from his family, from his father who loved him. 
He'd already lost his mother. And now he's ripped off into this foreign land, made a slave. He works hard. He's diligent. He's faithful beyond all of that. He follows God. And now here again, it's all ripped from him once over again for doing the right thing, nonetheless. Daniel was torn from his family and home to go to a foreign land. You know, Daniel, I think that we don't often see him kind of sitting here saying, Lord, if, because he had so much faith. And I think even when he was in the lion's den, um, he, doesn't, he doesn't really seem to have that, even have that moment maybe of, of, Lord, why am I here? His faith was so great. But I'm sure he still had times that it was hard to understand or he at least didn't understand exactly what God was doing. Look at Job, right? Job, who God boasts of and says, look at my, look at my servant Job. Job was upright in all his ways. And just like that, he loses his family, he loses all of his possessions. He even loses the encouragement of his wife. Loses his health. Why? Why did Joseph go through this? Why did why did Daniel? Why did we go through these things that we don't understand? Jesus tells us in chapter 11, verse 3, he says it will be this way, that the Lord, that the glory of God, the Son of God might be glorified thereby. His way is perfect. We go through struggles, things, things twist and turn, and bad things happen to us, but God tells us, that, that if we're following him, if we're believing on him, that we're walking in the light, if he brings trials into your life, it's that he may be glorified in your life. The key is to trust Christ through those trials. In conclusion, I'd like to just share a couple of verses uh, about, about trust. Romans 8.28 tells us, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Does that mean that everything that happens to you is good in life? It all feels good? No, it says that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. Martha lost brother. I lost a brother once. Our sister Pam lost a brother. And I think in Paul, we all lost a brother. That the Son of God might be glorified. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Love him. 
Don't doubt his power. Don't doubt his plan. He works all things together for good in his time. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. First and foremost, Christ looked at Martha and he said, Believest thou that I am the Son of God? Believest thou that I am the resurrection who can bring you from death to life, who can give you that resurrection? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, it's a daily walk with God to walk in the light, to do as he's called us to do, to be in his will. And my friend, if you're not in his will and you're making decisions for life, which you are every day, Christ says you will stumble. That's a scary thing. And lastly, as we, as we walk in the light and things come along that we don't understand, those what-ifs, trust Him. He shall be glorified. Be still and know that I am God. Lord, as we live our lives, I pray that if there's any here this morning who, Lord, have not answered that call which you've clearly laid out over and over again to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we saw how simple it was for Martha. Lord, I pray that if there's any here like that this morning, that this morning they would put their trust in in you, Lord, that they would simply just believe on you. Lord, may we walk in the light. May we have fellowship with you day and day. Lord, may we not stumble in darkness. Illuminate our path with your word. And Lord, when you bring trials and temptations into our life, I pray that you would give us the strength, give us the grace to be still and know that you are God to trust you with all our heart. Lord, as we say goodbye to this world at some point inevitably, I pray that others may be able to look back on, on my life and say that Jesus Christ was glorified. May that be our, our heart bleed, Lord. May that be our prayer each day, not that we be lifted up, not that we be given anything, but Lord, that you would be glorified. Lord, we pray that of this day in this church and our fellowship and our services and our song and in the song of our hearts that you would be glorified today, for you are God. And it is in Jesus' holy name that I pray. Amen.